Jerry Rice is interested in coaching? Morgan State's track team gets off to a hot start, and COVID is really ravaging the MEAC basketball season. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Today's episode is brought to us by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TVs, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And today's word of the day is stola. And stola is a long draped robe worn by women in ancient Rome. So that should be an interesting one to try to get into the conversation today. Stola. It's a robe, right? Worn back in the day in ancient Rome by women. Let's see what we're going to do today to get that one in. And of course, we're starting off with Jerry Rice, because if you guys remember, not that long ago, I did my fantasy booking and I gave teams that could or do have a vacancy because at that time, Prairie View hadn't had a coach named yet. Of course, we know that they named Coach Bubba and that's their new coach. But at the time, they had a vacancy because Dooley left to go to Southern. But there were some other schools that could have a vacancy coming up soon, just lack of real success. It wouldn't be shocking to see them replaced. And those fantasy bookings that I did involved big-time NFL players or coaches coming to the HBCU ranks. It was all in the the name of following Deion Sanders. I don't just be crazy now. I, I don't just be saying stuff. All right? These are real things. And Jerry Rice has just spoke to it. Jerry Rice has came out and announced that after Deion Sanders and the success that he's had in the coaching ranks, that the thought of coaching has crossed his mind. That's all he said. It has crossed his mind. I think this is a small story with a lot of potential to grow into a huge one. Right? And I want to break down how. It's a small story at first in the ways that if you just look a little bit deeper, this story truly starts to expand and it isn't just minor. So let's start off with why it can be taken as small. Because I know a lot of people are like, this is a non-story. To some people, this is a non-story. And to be honest, I would understand why, but I'm here to explain why I think it is not a non-story. So the reason I say it's a small story is because he really said nothing. He really said nothing. All he said was, it's crossed my mind. Surface level-wise, surface level-wise, that means nothing, honestly. Okay, it crossed my mind. I have had the thought. He's not saying that he would listen to any offers. He's not saying he's looking into any openings. He's not saying that team catches my eye. He's not even saying I'm a free agent, come get me. Not saying any of that. All he's saying is that the thought of coaching has crossed my mind. So I I emphasize surface level, right? I repeated that because I do think it's minor on the surface level. But as soon as you start to even kind of dig I think it becomes a much deeper story and something that has legs. So number one, 
this is a bigger story than just a non-story because if for whatever reason Jerry Rice starts coaching or you start hearing Jerry Rice's name connected to some coaching searches, you can't just dismiss it. You, you no longer can do that. Jerry wouldn't coach. It's crossed his mind. Look at Eddie George. Eddie George said, I never thought about coaching. Now he says he's in love with it. He said he gets why it's so addictive, right? That, that could be Jerry Rice, but now we're already seeing his antennas perk up. Like, oh, that's something that I might enjoy to do. A little different than Eddie George who got the call and then said, you know what, I guess I'll do it, and then becomes to fall, and then starts to fall in love with it as time goes on. Now, here's the thing. I want to give the exact quote on what he said and why I think if you look at it and think about your own personal experiences, at least that's how I interpret it, when looking at my own, you know, personal experiences, I look at this quote. They asked him, this is on a Sports Illustrated um, interview, and the question was basically, how do you feel about coaching? That was the gist of what they were discussing. And he said, not until Deion Sanders with Jackson State, because I felt like I played the game for such a long time and I was totally committed. And I just poured everything into my career that I didn't have anything left. Because as a coach, you really don't have a life. I mean, coaching, it is hard, man. It takes up the majority of your time. But yeah, it takes a, a total commitment and you got to be all in. So I, so it started to cross my mind just a little bit now, end quote. So number one, Deion Sanders inspired him to want to do this. This isn't a feather in his cap. This is something that we're just going to talk about in a little bit. And I think it's very important to remember that that's what has sparked this idea within his head. But have you ever said, swore up and down, I'm not going to do so. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to always say swearing. Just so much conviction with I'm not going to do that. I never would do that. I have. And as soon as the thought crept in my mind that, you know what? I'm, I'm, I mean, under certain circumstances, I do it. Every single time I ended up doing it. If you're so strong as something, he, had, he was saying that for such a long time, he played the game. And he poured everything so he thought he would never do it because coaches never have a life. This sounds so grueling. And it is. It is a total grind. But now you start to think about it. You gave all the reason that you would say no. But why is it a little different now? Okay. This isn't just some, yeah, I thought about it. No, this is something I completely didn't want to do. So I was already in the negatives. I might have been at negative five. But now it's crossing my mind. I'm at two. A two means nothing until you realize I jumped up seven on the scale at least. And I've been there, swore up and down I was never going to do something. It started crossing my mind. It ended up getting done. That's what happened. That's what happened. And now Jerry Rice has already put it out there. Some people are going to start calling him. I guarantee it. So when you really start looking at the destination, now the story grows. Some people know Jerry Rice as a San Francisco legend. He is. Some people know him as the greatest wide receiver of all time. He is. Some people know him as the greatest receiver, excuse me, greatest player of all time. I think you can have a conversation. But a lot of people, or some people don't know, he is a Mississippi Valley State legend. I think a lot of times those HBCU roots from our throwback players get a little erased. So some people might not even realize where he went to college. They might not even associate him with college because they don't associate these colleges with football in their brain. But you look at Deion Sanders' success, sounds like that's what sparked him. It wouldn't shock me if he went to an HBCU. And what better HBCU to go to than the one that the stadium is named after? You're going to be coaching in a stadium that's named after you. And this is as long as they want him. 
I think it's an easy choice to say to his alma mater. I think it's a smart choice. It makes sense. But as long as they want him. And I, I mean, I think it's an easy and smart choice. So what can come from this? The question would be, well, Mississippi Valley State hasn't been good for a while in football. They took a step up today. I mean, this year. But prior to that, I mean, their season's really dragged along like a stola on the floor. With programs that have struggled for a prolonged period of time, the expectations can be low when you get a new coach. Yeah, we expect things to get better, but maybe not expect things to get better so quickly. One thing I will say is I think it'll be interesting to see, well, what's different with Jerry, the GOAT, Mississippi Valley State legend? Everybody, I guarantee you, all the Mississippi Valley State fans never forgot he went there. I can guarantee you that. They didn't forget that part of his legacy. They didn't let that get washed away in their memory. So the question is, what kind of pressure, what kind of expectations? Are they going to place more pressure on him? Because we've seen the success that you've had in the league. We've seen the success that you've had with us. Are we now going to expect a quicker turnaround? Especially with the quick and drastic success of Jackson State. Would that make Mississippi Valley State kind of theme for instant gratification by bringing in the same sort of coach? I would be very intrigued just to see how do they treat this team with Rice at the helm? Are they going to give him that same patience that they would usually give any other coach? Are they going to look for instant gratification and need that success now? 877 wins now. 877 wins now. <laughs> All right. I've been watching too much J.G. Wentworth commercials, but y'all keep rolling with me. We're going to be talking about the HBCU track showcase in Morgan State Bears men's uh, track team has really showed out in that event and I want to break down just how they got to their success and how they were able to have the number one spot in that event but first I want to tell you guys about bet online the playoffs are here they are no longer approaching they are present we just seen super wild card weekend six games in three days go to bet online man they want to wish you a happy betting new year put some money down are you going to go with the Chiefs in the in the in the bills the Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite right now so what are you guys looking at? They have all the games, Bengals, Titans, Niners, Packers, Rams, Bucks. They have everything, but if that's not your cup of tea, that's okay because they have all different sorts of games. That's just the number one place that you need to go. If you want to use basketball, you want to use hockey, you want to use your, va- your favorite Vegas casino games, whatever you're in the mood to bet on, do it because Bet Online is the number one place for all of your best sports wagering in 2022. You can go to the desktop that they updated or the mobile website and sign up today to use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, family, so we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I want to tell you guys about the HBCU track showcase because that is how Morgan State got their track season started. And listen, I love the event because it it puts a special spotlight on all of the HBCUs. And not all, you know, major SWAC and MEAC schools were there. Don't get me wrong. But of the ones that were there, they showed out. They put on a show. And Howard and Morgan State were the two teams that finished first. They ended up in a tie with 132 points. The next, the next closest team was like 75, nearly 80 points behind. 
So those two are really the top dogs in this showcase. But I really want to specifically focus on Morgan State because we've talked about Howard before. And no disrespect to them, right? I want to highlight everybody. But Morgan State is a team or a school, really, in most sports that we just have not touched upon a lot. So I want to give this time specifically to highlight them and everything that they did. And their 132 points and their first place finish. And a lot of that came from a lot of Keon Ranton. He was the only person for the school to medal in three events. One of those was a, was a relay. However, Ranton was still the only person to medal in multiple individual events. So that individual success, that relay success, that really went a long way for him. And when you look at what he did, he did it not just in, obviously he had to do three different events, but he did it in a two by two or four by two, excuse me, and a 200. But then he also diversified and he went up to the 60 meter. So he took the silver in the 60 meter dash at a 685 for, the, for his time. And then in the 200 was where he and the Morgan State Bears really took off. I think that was kind of their, their jump off spot. In the 200, he got the gold, 2177. Then, then his team, he was part of the team that got gold in the 4 by 2 Now, he was easily their best performer on the track that day. I don't think there's a question about that. On that day, there was nobody who was better than Keon Ranton for Morgan State. And while he found most of his success, like I said, the same was kind of true for, for Morgan State. In the 200, you had this. You had Ranton at first. Then you had Adrian Holly at third. Then you had Ali Bowens at, at, uh, who pulled in the sixth place. So when you look at that, that's kind of like that money round. Y'all remember in the three-point contest? I don't know. They might still do it, but I don't be watching All-Star Weekend as much as I used to. Uh, I check out the dunk contest, but that's about it. Do you remember in, in the uh, – you had, you had a money rack, right? You said like four basketball. They were different colors. And now you put that in your hot spot. That was the best place that, that that player could shoot. And he always put his money balls right there. This 200, whether that be the individual race or the, or the relay, the 200-meter event and everything that comes from it was really their money ball rack. That's what this was. That's where they put in their best, they best shooters. That's where their hottest spot, that's what they were able to do. So I think that one thing you look at, not just the fact that they got gold in both of these events, they also got two medals in the individual. They pulled in another guy at six to get them some points. And also, just the diversification of who was running. Because you had three people that I named get you points in that event, right? But one of them, being Bowens, didn't run in the relay. Yeah, you still had Holly, you still had uh, Ranton. They ran, but then you had two other runners do it as well. So now you're looking at a total of five runners on one school's team that were able to run the 200 at such a high level and achieve that success. That has absolutely nothing to do with the points. I get it. That has absolutely nothing to do with the points. However, it's just something to me that, you know, makes me like The Rock. Raise one eyebrow, right? And it's like, okay, I can't do that in real life. Just for the record, I'll just be lying. But... I can't do that in real life, but I would like to. But that's that's the face I would give, right? Hmm, okay. It makes me interested, right? I, I take notice, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, but as a whole, those those runners, I think, really helped them propel up to first place. But that wasn't the only place that they succeeded. Because there was another event that I think they did really well in. And that event would have been the shot put. Because they had two athletes medal in that. And not only just two athletes medal, they took the first and the second place.
right? So that that's that's near domination. You didn't take all three, but if you take the first and the second, you did really stinking well in that event. And those two athletes, because I want to give out their names, was Zachary Dillon and John Purvis, because they were first and second. Dillon getting first, Purvis getting second. But I wouldn't say that these events, whether that being the shot put or being the 200s, just 200s period, I wouldn't say that those events carried the Bears to a first place. I would just say those were the, you know, the greatest successes. Those were the the cherry on top, the the crown jewel, if you will, right? So the success as a whole was spread out both over track events and field events. They won the 800. They ended up having four second place finishes in the field and then also having one gold. So it's not like you got the first place strictly because you did really good in the 200 and you did really good in the shot put. But if you had asked, had to ask me to point out what did they do the best, what was their best or most success that they garnered, I'm going to point to shot put and I'm going to point to the 200 meter dash individual and relay. That's what I'm pointing to if you're asking me, well, what did Morgan State do the best during their first place finish? But don't get it misconstrued. They still did everything around getting first place, not just in one of those events. Also got in the 800 and having a lot of good finishes in the field. But I want to go forward telling you about COVID, man. I'm tired of talking about COVID, but truth of the matter is you have to because it has ravaged the MEAC season. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to give medical advice. So you don't have to worry about any of that. What you do need to worry about is how the MEAC basketball season is being impacted by COVID. But if I did have to get a little bit of medical advice, I would probably be telling you guys to put some built bars into your diet. Because here's the thing. A lot of people say eating healthy is a New Year's resolution. If you just Google the most popular New Year's resolutions, eating healthy is probably one of them. And I think that built bars is great for that. However, a lot of people get there five weeks in, can be five days in, really. Um, and they'll just say, man, I'm tired of this because I'm eating healthy, but it's not good to me. It just doesn't taste good. Built Bar eliminates that problem because it's covered in chocolate to make you probably think that you're eating a candy bar. But then they back door, you ain't even know you have all this deliciousness you eating and it gave you 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. So all of that negative stuff that's connected to candy bars is out of here. All the positive, the taste of it, it's there. The protein is there. If you want to be somebody who goes to the gym all the time, get Built Bar. If you just want somebody who needs to snack, get Built Bar. It's really that simple. They have all different kinds of flavor. I don't believe that there's somebody who cannot find a Built Bar flavor that they like. But if you want to test me, go to Built.com, but use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your offer. And don't forget to tell them the mouth of the South sent you. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. This is kind of a somber thing. I didn't really want to have to have this conversation, but unfortunately, I am having this conversation. And it kind of disappoints me, but it's about the MEAC season and how it's been ravaged by COVID. And it's something that I just could not ignore. I'm tired of going to the MEAC website and trying to look at the scores, see what's been happening, and see postponed, 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 postponed. Y'all remember last week when I came on here and I discussed the you know, that we should support our tennis teams a little bit more. I talked about that because I, I am a lover of tennis. That was a plea. That was that was me playing for us to support, you know, not the, the main sports. This is a vent. 
This is me just getting this off my chest. I don't know how long this will take. I know how long it can't take. But I don't know how long it will take. So I won't go over that time that I know I can't. But as a whole, this is, this is, this is very disappointing. And I'll try to keep it concise so that you guys don't think I'm just laboring the point or whatnot. But at the end of the day, the SWAC dropped their protocol. The SEAC dropped their protocol. Meanwhile, the MEAC sat on their hands, to my knowledge. There might be inside information between the schools. I don't believe it's been made public to the fans, and that's all I have to go by, right? But the MEAC sat on their, their hands. I called them out at the time about it. I felt like it was being handled poorly, but their season hadn't started yet. Their conference season hadn't started yet. So they had time. And then I think I figured out the reason why they just kind of sat there and didn't do anything. I think it's because they figure they only have eight teams and they don't really care because they're all going to make the tournament anyway. I think that's lazy. I really do. Um, and when it comes down to seeding, you're going to have to have something that, that bases, you know, why you seeded this team at this place. You're not just going to have preseason seedings, right? Oh, we thought this team was going to be good, so that's what it's going to be. And what the best team you thought was going to end up being the uh, the the team you thought was going to be the best ends up being the worst team. That's why we play the game. That's why things aren't just based off of preseason. But you know what? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about COVID before I talk about the MEAC. For real, for real. And COVID has killed their season. That isn't their fault. That isn't their fault. I don't expect them to tell every athlete and every coach and every assistant coach and every ball boy and Every, every manager, I don't expect them to say, all of you guys have to go into a bubble. They probably don't even have the funding for that, if we're going to be completely honest. And I get it. As a whole, COVID has ravaged their season. It's not their fault. COVID happens. COVID happens. That's something that you just cannot avoid. You understand the outbreaks are going to happen, right? No matter if you're SWAC, MEAC, CAC, CIAA. SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, does not matter your conference because this is just affecting everybody. I don't blame them for games not being able to happen. I completely do not. And I think the fact that they only have eight teams really make it worse because look at the women's side, who I really wanted to talk about today, so I want to see what was going on. They're, ba they're barely playing any games. North Carolina, North Carolina A&T, is the only team to play multiple games in that conference. Delaware State has yet to play a game till today, right? Today is Tuesday the 18th of January. Delaware State still hasn't played a game. They don't have many teams. They don't have many teams at all. So when you don't have a lot of teams, like you look at the SWAC, they got buku teams. So when you have a lot of teams, you can still put up, you know, games. Even if two games get canceled. Two games get canceled on, a, on any particular day in the MEAC. They don't have games that day. Period. They just don't have games that day. So you're putting on a lot of, of pressure not having a lot of teams. And I understand they want expansion. That's another thing that's just not their fault. But COVID has ravaged them. I don't blame them for that. I blame them for the lack of organization and the lack of clarity, at least to us, about what happens when these games get postponed. Is, is there a date that they have to be played by? If they can't be played, what happens? Who gets a loss? Is it a no contest? I understand you only have eight teams, and 
I don't know if I love the the idea that we only have eight teams, so it's it doesn't matter. Everybody's going to get there anyway. I don't know if I love that idea, but at least express it to us. Let us know what's happening. Because if you're a MEAC fan, I could easily see you being frustrated. I'm not a MEAC fan, and I'm frustrated. I'm just sitting here talking about them. So, I mean, fan, analyst, same amount that care, right? Kind of. So, I am frustrated because it's like, what do I have to base off of? Norfolk State versus North Carolina Central, just throwing something out there. I'm not saying they played or anything, but just two teams on top of my head. They don't play. What happens? I don't know. What can I come on here and tell you guys? I don't know. And I think that lack of real organization leads it to end up almost looking like a free-for-all, right? It's just a, a falls count anywhere type of match. And I understand you can't control COVID, but I think you can control the optics and keeping it from looking like you don't know what you're going to do or you don't have a clue. Because I trust that they know what they're doing. And honestly, I think it's a situation where they're just not expressing it to the public. That, that's what I really think it is. I think that they know. I think they've expressed to their institutions. I think everybody's clear about what the protocol is. I hope so, except for the fans and except for people like me who are sitting here trying to talk about it. That's how I feel. Let me know what you guys feel. Y'all know where to find me. I'm going to tell you guys in a minute, but you know it's South Exclusives, right? But we'll come back. We'll, we'll say it two times just in case y'all missed that time. South Exclusives, three times. All right? So I appreciate you guys for making us your first listen of the day every day. I'm not going to sit on here and I'm not going to vent every day. That's not going to be a common thing for me. But I do want to start playing and having just not current events, just talking about things on here more. And I, I've had a lot of fun with both of the segments that I've done. I'll listen back to it and see if it comes off well and see if it you know, sounds good. But either way, I appreciate y'all going on this journey and helping me figure out what I like and what you guys enjoy. Let me know what you guys think about the show every day. But thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen, make sure you listen to Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling giving you all the analysis and insight that you need to. I just told you guys about Bet Online. They're going to help you make sure that you can get some more money. Free game for big games. Y'all know what it is. Until the next time we hear each other, family. Don't catch me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.